Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Terrio Media. Broadcasting from Terrio Studios in Glendale, California, it's time for Epic Real Estate Investing with Matt Terrio. Hello and welcome. Welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. This is the place where I show people how to escape the rat race using real estate. And if you're just getting started and or you're looking for new and creative ways of making money in real estate, I've put together a free course just for you, including a checklist on how to find motivated sellers. These are property owners that are willing and able to sell you their property at a discount. At the end of the day, that's the game. You make your money when you buy real estate. You got to buy at a discount. And to access that free course, go to freerealestateinvestingcourse.com. All right, got a fantastic show for you today. Just got back from Vegas. It was a pleasure meeting you all that came out. A great group of people, tons of fun. Thank you, Omar, for your hospitality at the Sin City Ria. Can't wait to come back. And uh, this week, April 29th, I'll be the keynote speaker at the third annual REI Bar Camp. This is hosted by Thrive Ria in San Ramon, California. So if you're up in the Bay Area, come on by. The Real Estate Investing Unconference, he calls it. Register at reibarcamp.com, reibarcamp.com. Whether you are a newbie or a seasoned investor, you're going to love it because you're going to walk away feeling more confident and inspired than you did walking in. That's the promise, reibarcamp.com. And lastly, May 24th through the 26th, the next epic intensive, Weapons of Mass Production. The epic three-day live event where you'll get the highly potent tools, methods, and resources that every real estate investor can use to find more motivated sellers, buyers, and lenders, and do so in as little as 60 seconds. What? 60 seconds? Yes, even if you think you've heard all before, I'm going to give you a couple strategies that can generate leads just like that. So with these weapons of mass production at your disposal, you're going to find more deals, cash more checks, and finally start calling the shots in your life, just like our guest today. May 24th through the 27th, go to epicintensive.com. Alrighty, on the phone today. Uh, Epic Pro Academy member, private coaching client, and friend. I'm privileged to call him a friend. I'm honored to call him a friend. He's made and continues to make a great amount of progress in his business, and he's all done it all in a relatively short period of time, and he shows no signs of slowing down. So I asked him to come on the show, actually come back on the show, and share what he's up to and how he's doing it. So please help me welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing, Mr. Parker Stiles. Parker, welcome back to the show. Hey, Matt. How's it going? Very good. Very good. Uh, you, you're still in, uh, in the Atlanta area. You're just like kind of Northeast of Atlanta, right? Yeah. I'm about 30 minutes, uh, Northeast of it or actually Northwest of Atlanta, actually. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say something real quick that, sure. uh, <laughs> just, just the intro, I mean, how you're bringing on the show. I mean, it's just crazy. Like thinking about, you know, all the people here in your podcast for the first time or the first couple times, 
Um, I man, I just remember like it was yesterday, like just hearing that intro. And I think you were bringing on Brad Donnelly, maybe some other guys, and you know they were killing it and uh, you know decently short amount of time. And, uh, you know, hearing you say that about me, it's like, man, I, I thought it was going to take so much longer than it did. And it just shows, you know, put your head to the grindstone and uh, knock it out. And, you know, really anybody can do this. So it's right? just really cool to be here. Yeah, totally. You know, as um, you're kind of a, a, a recurring example at the, the last intensive or two intensives ago. And, you know, my, my story is I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I got the grasp the concept of increasing your passive income, your monthly passive income to exceed your expenses, your monthly expenses. And that's, you know, that's the definition of exiting the rat race. And I did it in three and a half years, just under four. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they hear that with skepticism and cynicism, and they think um, I'm not that or I didn't do that. And I was like, you know what, if I had, knowing what I know now, if I could do it all over again, I would, could do it so much faster I mean, I certainly don't want to go back and try to prove them wrong, but uh, being able to pass that information along to you and watch you do it and then uh, Corey do it. And I've seen Brad. Oh, my God. I think Brad makes more money than I do now. The guy's a beast. And, uh, hey, he's killing it. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, glad to have you here, dude. I mean, just you, I, I feel good when I when I think about you, just that, uh, you know, you're out there just doing what you're told to do and you're doing it consistently. You're doing it with persistence. Um, I don't think you have sidestepped any of the challenges that every real estate investor um, encounters, but it's how you've reacted to them is what's made you success. So congrats to you too. Thanks. I appreciate that. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I think I mentioned this in the last episode that we did together a, a while back, maybe a year or so ago. Um, you know, just don't, you know, anybody listening, don't leave yourself another option. You know, that's the, the spot that I was in. You know, you can have option A and you can have option B. But for me, I just eliminated option B. So there was only one way to go. And at that point, it makes it a lot easier. Um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun road. It's been a, a bumpy road. I can't say it's been a, a straight arrow, but you know, that's, I've learned most of my uh, best lessons from, uh, you know, those mistakes that I've made along the way. And if you can keep a good mentor and, uh, you know, a couple people that are in the shoes that you want to be in a few years down the road, if you can keep some of those people in your back pocket and, you know, try and be of value to them as well. But, uh, keep them around for questions and things like that. And usually they're happy to help. You can definitely minimize uh, those mistakes. For sure. So yeah, bring me up to speed. What does your, your business look like right now? What does it look like today? Because I know it's, it's, it's transformed and it's made some adjustments and it doesn't look exactly like it did a year ago when we talked last. No, thank God. <laughs> I mean, I, I was definitely uh, happy with where I was a year ago. Uh, you know, it, it was a different spot than where I was the year before that. But, you know, that's that's the goal every year just to keep improving and, uh, uh, make sure you're, you're moving closer to that, that end goal, uh, of, you know, complete financial freedom. And, you know, once you've reached financial freedom to, you, know, you have other goals, you know, your, your life is constantly changing. So business today, um, it, it's going great. I mean, it can always go better. And like I said, we're moving in that direction, but, uh, things are going well. We've got, so basically it's kind of, it's kind of set up two sides. Now, uh, I'm in Georgia, uh, locally here in uh, Kennesaw, Georgia, Kennesaw, Ackworth, Marietta area, uh, which is you know about 20 minutes northwest of Atlanta, and that's where that's where I started. Uh, started doing a couple fix and flips here and there, uh, and then early in 2016, I can't remember if that was before or after uh, we did our podcast together, the first one. Uh, I acquired some rental property, got my first one in Atlanta. 
uh, inside the perimeter, just kind of in a lower income area. I was real hesitant about lower income rentals. And, you know, you look on bigger pockets and things like that, and you'll hear back and forth all day long. Oh, you know, definitely don't go this route or, uh, you know, definitely do go this route. And then you'll find another seasoned investor who will say the complete opposite. Right. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to, to check that out, in my opinion, uh, from what I've seen. And now that I have a little bit more of a seasoned head on my shoulders, uh, definitely not uh, as much as I'd like yet, but you know, that will come, uh, is I like the low income stuff, you know, for rentals. I mm -hmm. think the returns are much better. Uh, and I think that if you can figure out how to work those types of tenants and how to make sure that you are, uh, fielding those tenants properly, then you really don't have as many nightmares as you read on, uh, on, you know, bigger pockets, blogs, or, uh, YouTube videos and things like that of all the people saying, you know, go for the good, good school districts, go for this and that. I'm not dogging those people. You know, they've got, uh, you know, great stories and of tenants lasting, you know, long, long time. And, you know, the place is spotless when they move out and that's all good and great. But, you know, I'd rather have a return that's three times bigger than theirs are and have to have a cleaning crew pay 200 bucks, you know, to go in there and clean it up, maybe fix a couple of the other issues, uh, mm -hmm. then get that much less in rent. So, I guess to get back to your question, you know, we picked up some more of those low income rentals. Um, that's the niche that I found and I like it. We did mm -hmm. one single family, uh, three bed, two bath, got it at a steal from a wholesaler actually. Uh, then picked up a duplex a couple months later, uh, same area, baseball throw away. And uh, that one was from a wholesaler as well. I've, recently, I've found it much, much more difficult uh, than it was, you know, 2015, 2016 to find good deals from wholesalers. Uh, which I'll, I'll get into why in my wholesaling business, I'm trying to do a couple different things uh, a little later, but, uh, yeah, so got the duplex. So that was three units. And then, um, we recently just finished another rental in a lower income area. These are all brick. That's another one of my strategies that I like to do is, you know, if I'm going to hold something long-term when I buy it for a rental, I don't plan on selling it. You know, I don't, I don't do the buy it rent it for a few years and then flip it. You know, I'm just going to hold that thing. My, my main goal from day one was uh, cash flow mm -hmm. and to replace my expenses with my investments. Right. Uh, people, people ask me, you know, well, how long is it going to take you to, to make that money back? You know, you, you put 35, 45 grand into a property. How long is it going to take you to pull that money back out? And I tell them, I don't really look at it like that, you know, because I don't ever plan on taking that money back out. You know, it's a different, everybody looks at their return differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I choose to do cash on cash return, just, you know, the cash coming out of my pocket, um, divided into the, or, or vice versa, the cash coming into my pocket after expenses and everything. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, if I don't plan on taking it back out, then that's just really not how I look at it. So, uh, and then recently we just bought a quadruplex. That's our largest unit so far. I'm trying to move towards direction of multifamily. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I really, my wife and I really like the duplex, um, and the cash flow that it brings. And, uh, we're like, Hey, you know, we, we can do it with a two unit. Let's try it with a four unit. And, uh, we found a, a brick, uh, fire damaged, uh, quadruplex, from a wholesaler friend of mine here in um, in the Kennesaw Ackworth area, and he's got some great deals every now and then. And this one came across the desk. He said, "Hey, Parker, come down here and check it out." And man, was this place a mess! I mean, we've got <clears throat> a good amount of videos now on my Facebook page, Barrington Acquisitions, um, of this quadruplex, and it's by far the biggest rehab that I've ever gotten into. 
Um, it's going to be, you know, every bit of 160 grand and, um, hopefully it won't be too much more than that, but, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. We've just finished demo. It's about day three and just ripping the place apart, already filled up to 40 foot dumpsters. Wow. Um, I mean, the place was just cramped. It was like hoarders, the TV show galore, just <laughs> every, every unit plus the fire damage upstairs, you know, looked like, you know, walking into hell upstairs. It was crazy with, with all the, you know, it's just the the damage that heat does, you know, mm -hmm. you've got the heat and just warping stuff and, you know, the, the wood from the, all the trusses and the, uh, roof. I mean, it looks like it came out of a fireplace. So we've got to pop the top, do a whole new roof structure, new roof, pretty much the only stuff that's good, uh, upstairs was, uh, the framing on the right side of the house. So everything else, basically new construction. And then with a fire, unfortunately, when you have fire damage, you also get water damage. Mm -hmm. So downstairs, you know, everything's just blown out. Uh, but it's going to be a big renovation, but it'll be good. We'll, uh, we'll be able to read out, uh, rent out each unit for about anywhere between seven fifty and eight fifty uh, a month where the area is. We're going to try and go with some modern finishes mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, grays, you know, real cool looking ceiling fans, open floor plan as much as possible for the, the two one units and uh, see if we can charge a premium in rent with doing some cool fixtures and modern grays and whites colors and things. Uh, there's not really anything like it in the area. And in Atlanta in town, these mods are just selling for, you know, you pretty much name your price on it. It's crazy right mm -hmm. now. But with these newer uh, graduates, they got a good job, want to live in the city. They come down and they want something new. They don't want these uh, traditional, you know, bungalow style homes. They want these mods with the cool cantilevers and things like that. So we're kind of copying that type of style. Um, so that's that's uh, interesting for us right now. So that'll be eight units. Oh, that's eight uh, units. Oh, uh, well, sorry, the four units plus the other four that oh, we have. Yeah, It'll total eight units. Cool. That's, um, slow down for just a second. That, that four units. So how much are you getting? You have 116 rehab. What when you're all done? How much were you have in that total? Uh, 200. So the price was 60k, and we just couldn't make it work. And I was able to get the price down. I thought I was gonna have to back out of the deal, uh, but I was able to, you know, work with the wholesaler, and he was able to get a little price reduction as well, I believe. And we got that down to 40 grand for an all brick, uh, four unit, two bed, one bath quadruplex. Got it. Got it. Sweet. So what that. If you got seven hundred a unit, I guess you're right around oh, it's ten, eleven percent. Um, oh, yeah. but you're gonna manage I think, I think yourself, it, though, right? Yeah, I think it it comes out to about a eleven percent cash okay. on cash return, I believe. Uh, and we are gonna manage it uh, ourselves. Cool. We we had a property manager, but we decided that it worked best for the situation that we're in now. Mm -hmm. uh, for my wife to take over that position, and we're pretty close by. And you know, once we get to fifteen, twenty units, and, and it becomes a burden. Uh, we'll look to hire that back out, but it just wasn't working for us at first. Right, right. And you had said it right in the beginning when you when you started um, sharing was, uh, you know, you like the lower income now, and if you figure a few things out, it works really well. Uh, what are some of the things that you figured out that's making it work better for you? Well, one thing is I realized that there's a good tenant in every area, in every market. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the fear is, well, you just can't get a good tenant in that market. You know, if you're if you're renting for that low of a price, you know, everybody's bad. Mm -hmm. um, there's just too many horror stories. And I get it that there are. But if you spend the time and you understand that there's going to be, you know, called a little bit more days on market, mm -hmm. you will be able to find great tenants. I mean, I, in my opinion, we have great tenants in all of our units so far. Um, we just released another one from the same tenant. I've maybe heard from her 
three times, maybe four in the mm. past year. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's paying a premium in, uh, in rent. And, you know, that took a little bit more due diligence. She did have a foreclosure on her record. So I dug into that a little deeper and, and found out, you know, it really wasn't what it seemed. And, you know, in my opinion, as long as they make the, uh, three to four times the, the rent, um, mm-hmm. they're come and they can verify. I'll also call past landlords and things like that. Uh, just do your due diligence like anything else. If you're doing a flip, uh, on a house, you right. know, do your diligence on your tenants and a little bit know, of patience too, probably. Yeah, exactly. And just don't take the first, you know, the f- first 10 weigh the options and there's a good tenant in every area. So that's, that's the main thing. Um, it does take a little longer, but then again, if you're talking about the return that you're going to get based on, you know, paying 1% rule in a good school district, mm-hmm. I'll take it every day. Right. Sweet. Super. So, um, You've got this massive project going on. That's probably what's the time frame on that? Uh, Sixty days. Uh, we've got like a eighty day time on it, conservatively. But mm-hmm. it's a big crew. I've used them for the last uh, the last big rehab that we did is about one hundred and twenty nine, one hundred twenty seven, something like that. Thousand dollar renovation uh, in uh, in a nice area, Alpharetta, Georgia, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did an awesome job. And we we had a flood. R- we were under contract on mm-hmm. this house with a buyer at asking price within, I think it was like 48 hours of listing it. Mm-hmm. And they get the inspections and, you know, there's a couple minor things here and there. Uh, we have the plumber go in to tweak, you know, some of the, uh, there's like a leaky faucet or something like that. And just crazy circumstance. Uh, he goes in there and makes a little tweak. He leaves and the line pops off of the faucet of the master bath, um, probably a, you know, eight to $10,000 master bath that we just finished and floods half the house over a period of about five hours. We got a phone call from the neighbors saying that they were eating dinner and they could hear water coming off the master balcony deck and splashing on the ground. And, um, my realtor ran over there as fast as he could shut the water off. But I mean, by that time, I mean, it blew the ceilings out downstairs, warped the flooring. It was bad. But you know, with these contractors, that that's really the circumstance right there where if you can come out, um, in a favorable position, you know, after, you know, tempers are heated and, you know, stuff, you know, it's hit the fan. Uh, and everything still comes out good, then you know you've got, <laughs> in my opinion, you know you've got a good contracting crew, and they're the ones that I'm using on this big project. Um, so that was cool. You know, Parker, you, it's funny that you tell these stories, and these are the types of stories that you hear people tell that are quitting the job or quitting real estate and said they'll never do it again because of that stuff. And it almost sounds like you get excited about it, and it's it's the reason that you're still doing it. What's your perspective or mindset on these giant uh, you know, mishaps that happen every once in a while? I don't know if I have a perspective. I mean, it's just, it's just what you do, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like back when I said I didn't have an option B, I, I know I'm not going, I mean, I just look back and I say, this is what I was doing. Yes, this sucks. This is a crappy situation and it's really stressful, but is it as stressful as waking up at X time, taking a shower, putting on retardedly you know, not, not necessary, nice clothes, sitting in rush hour traffic for an hour, sitting at my desk, acting like I'm busy all day. You know, 
I just can't do that. Like I, I felt like I was in a prison when I was doing that type of work. And it's just not for me. So me dealing with that type of circumstance, I like being under pressure. I like solving problems. Um, I, I don't like to do it all the time, obviously, but when I look at what the alternative is, it beats it every time. Right. So I guess that's my perspective. It's just better than the alternative. Yeah. <laughs> I get and it. And it pays way better too. And it pays way better. <laughs> yes. And the vacations are better and the time off is better. I agree. You know, exactly. um, bag and groceries, that was my plan B after the music business. I was like, well, this is a crappy plan B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. So I was like, I, kn I know what the alternative was for me if I didn't go ahead and take charge. So I just think about, yeah, I've got, I've got crappy talents. I've got contractor mishaps. And, you know, I got headaches all the time. But the alternative, you know, reporting to somebody else, that's just not acceptable. That's not an option. Yep. 100%. I, I get it. Sweet. All right. So that's the uh, that's the passive side, mm -hmm. um, and then you know we're trying to do uh, some flips. Uh, we're working on a new partnership, uh, and when I say flips, I mean uh, rehab, fix and flips. Uh, we're working on a, a new partnership over here to get some mail out. Kind of, I don't want to drop anything yet because we're still putting things in the works and trying to see if it's going to work the way we think it's going to. But it's a a niche uh, mailing with kind of things that are going on particular uh, in, in our market right now. So we're excited about that. Um, mm -hmm. We think that's going to bring a lot of action. Um, and then other than that, we've got the wholesaling business that as of May of last year, I think that's actually when we did the last podcast was mm -hmm. in May of 2016, right mm -hmm. after I sent my first mailing out in Charleston, South Carolina. That's right. That's right. That's what it was. So you started working and, virtually now. So you're yeah. working locally and virtually. So tell me about the virtual business. That been a roller coaster of emotions mm. <laughs> to mm -hmm. say the least um i remember telling people telling me to to not do it that i didn't have enough experience um that you know i, I needed to be doing this for a while longer in my in my uh direct market before i uh started doing it virtually and you know i understand that but i guess i was either you know too naive or too determined i don't know what it mm -hmm. was but i ended up going for it and um, yeah, I think it's been about what, nine months or so, uh, and things are finally in the black. It was a tough road for about eight months there. Um, but, uh, just kept going and, you know, everybody was asking, you know, people ask me now, like, what's, what's your secret with marketing and, and stuff like that. And I've, I've heard you say this too, Matt, it's just consistency. Mm. And that, that was one of my, you know, there was a number of issues that I've had to fix with this virtual wholesaling thing to make it, uh, to make it work. Um, but one of the main things is just being consistent with marketing and, and it's hard because it's discouraging, uh, when you'll send out, you know, we're sending out 19,000 postcards a, a month or we are currently. Um, and you know, it's not cheap. And when you send out 19,000 postcards and you get 36 phone calls and 98% of them are telling you to take you off their list, uh, or that, you know, yeah every house is for sale for the right price kind of guy, you know, right. it's, it's just, it makes you want to break down <laughs> I get it. and it really doesn't make you want to send out the same 19,000 the next month, uh, you know, thinking that that may happen again. So I totally understand people when they're in that spot now. Um, but all I can say is, you know, what I did is I, I used, uh, I think I went through your Epic fast funding, mm -hmm. um, use credit cards or get a line of credit or whatever you need to do, uh, to give yourself, you know, 
six months worth of cash yep. to keep mailing. That I think I think that's kind of what I've come to as a six months. You know, you, you're you're going to get enough deals done if you're sending to a list that's not just complete bogus. Um, you know, with time, you will pay back that debt, and then you will uh, get into the black. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it took a little while longer for us. And, you know, in a, in a market, if, if I was doing that in Atlanta, I guarantee it would not have taken that long. Um, but you know, with a virtual system, there's mm-hmm. just, there's a lot more to it than I thought. I thought I had it all mapped out and I knew where they're going to be. A, there's going to be a couple hiccups, but, uh, there were more than a couple. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're good now. <laughs> you, you said a few things are like that we could go in, in three or four different directions, but I just wanted to concur with, uh, you know, being able to pull that trigger every month on your marketing budget, because this has been a very unique beginning of the year. Like December was our best month ever in the history of our business. And we did not slow down one bit going into the new year, but on our marketing campaigns, January, February, March, absolute crickets. Wow. Like nothing. I was wondering if the, the post office was even mailing it. And I'm, I mean, we do a similar size mailing as you. I mean, we're, we're loading out 20,000 out there every single month. And to pull that third month in a row with no response, you're wondering like something's broken and what's wrong. Like, I'm like, I teach this stuff. What would I tell myself if I, if I was coaching myself, I'd be like consistency, consistency. And so right. we loaded up again and we got six deals within a week and wow. four, four of them are like home runs. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> there know? they are. There yeah. They are. I mean, this is someone that, that's doing this for a long time and I've experienced a lot of ups and downs and, and, uh, yeah, no, it was a little, I was a little bit nervous this year, but the right now, so there you go. There's two testimonies that just stick with it. It's consistency and persistence that, that wins in this business. Cause so many other people do give up and who's left is the, is us. Yep. And varies in every market. I mean, listen totally. to your story. Mine was the complete opposite. You know, mm. I, I had crickets in uh, uh, October, November, December, and, you know, we've been kicking it off pretty nicely, um, you know, February, March, and uh, looking to be a, a nice April as well. It's great, dude. It's great. Um, you said something that if you stick with it six months, you make your money back unless your list is bogus. What's a bogus list to you? Um, maybe there's not one, honestly. I mean, mm. I, yeah. I kind of I agree know that with there's you. A, I, just, I just wonder if you had like a, an experience with a specific list that you just thought was terrible. Not a, not in particular. I know that right now with all the seminars and stuff in Atlanta, there's you know tons and tons, and I'm sure it's not just Atlanta. They're traveling all over the place. Just all these uh, you know no money down, you know no credit needed stuff like that. Advertisements. You know there's a lot of mm-hmm. wholesalers, a lot of people trying to break into the investing uh, career to get out of you know, whatever they're uh, unhappy with that they're doing now, mm-hmm. but. You know, with that comes a lot of traffic to list source. <laughs> so right, a lot of right. beginners, you know, tell me they're like, "Hey, you know, how should I get started?" And uh, I advocate door knocking uh, over direct mail because uh, I just know how many people you're going to send a list out, and there's going to be a, a postcard that lands in a mailbox of you know John Doe wants to sell his house, and it's sitting on top of seven other postcards that say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So to me, I hate to see people that are beginning you know, lose that money and not stick with it and, you know, kind of be discouraged about it and maybe give, you know, quote unquote, real estate investing a bad name. But uh, I think the best return on your efforts, especially best return on your money, because this doesn't cost much, is to just find a neighborhood that's got some, you know, some nice fixed up houses and it's got some distressed houses and it's an older neighborhood and, you know, nice mix and just go in there and, you know, Start knocking on doors. Go to YouTube and 
you know, we've got a guy in uh, a guy in our market that I learned a lot from when I first got started, Bill Cook. And I tell people to go to YouTube and just type in Bill Cook door knocking. He grew up in Cartersville, and that's all he did for you know the most the majority of his career is door door knocked a five mile circle. Mm-hmm. And you know now he's around, you know, traveling and doing seminars and things, and mm-hmm. he's done very very well for himself. So that's that's what I tell people that are getting started to do is door knocking because not only are you uh, building you know building a base to make some solid cash. You're also having to be there face to face with a seller and you're totally. learning 10 times as fast on how to negotiate, how to handle rejections. You're, you're making so many more mistakes so much, so much more quickly than people who are just sending out a list, getting a couple phone calls and not really getting face to face with that many sellers. It's all about making the mistakes. Like, yeah. That's literally what you have to do. Try and not make big mistakes, but if you can keep the mistakes you know, small Make as many of them as you can, because the faster you do, the more or the more you do, the faster you're going to learn, mm-hmm. hands down. Brilliant insight there, Parker, because I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, cold calling and door knocking, um, it can be a long, rough road to actually close business, but there's no better practice forum. So when you do start making money, you can actually convert that, that those advertising dollars into profit because you're ready for it when those calls start coming in. Yep. Yep. Back. Totally. Um, let's see what else. So, uh, you've got a new partnership. You don't want to talk about quite yet till that ink is dry. So I get that. Um, so what, what is your number one strategy for finding deals right now? Um, in Georgia, we've kind of slowed down over the past, uh, before this partnership, uh, has started to form. We, uh, we had slowed down because I was not getting good results in Charleston and I just devoted my, after we finished the two fix and flips, I sold one in a big one in December and a big one in January. Um, and once I got done with those, I was like, I'm just going to get Charleston running smoothly. I'm not going to add anything else to my plate, mm-hmm. uh, and, until it's pumping deals out. And now that we've gotten to that point, uh, we are, are bringing up other things here in Georgia now. So I'm, uh, doing a little strategy with, um, I wouldn't call this the main strategy, uh, but it's something that I'm working on as far as marketing on the back windshield of vehicles. Mm. Uh, call them mobile bandit signs. I mm-hmm. uh, got it. Got the idea off of a podcast from somewhere, and you know, uh, made a few phone calls and found a, a great provider of these stickers. They're like 36 inches long, 10 inches tall, just a white vinyl sticker that says, you know, fast cash for houses or uh, sell your home fast with a tracking phone number. Mm-hmm. And so I will uh, pay people a commission per deal that mm. comes in from these stickers. And, you know, they're in like groups of four. And, uh, you know, so you can make money off of anyone in your group. It doesn't have to be your particular sticker. So I'm working on that, mm-hmm. uh, trying to streamline it. And the goal is to have, um, let's see, where is that goal? I've got my goals right in front of me. Have 300 cars um, in Atlanta by the end of the year. Nice. How many have that now? sticker on it? I've got like 36 now. I've got another 40 sitting behind me, and I'm mm-hmm. about to do a uh, Facebook campaign. I, I did a lot of Craigslist ads uh, mm-hmm. to get the first group of people, and that did work for a little while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's kind of dead. I'm not really sure what's going on with the uh, with Craigslist. They are deleting some of my ads, uh, so I'm trying to figure that out. But I'm gonna, I'm going to move to Facebook now and do some ad campaigns. I made a little, you know, those whiteboard videos. Yeah. Uh, that 
you see on commercials sometimes. I had one of those made explaining the process, so I'm going to put that on the Facebook campaign see if we can bring some more um, some more clients in for that. Sweet. Yeah, there's probably a, a dozen people in my mastermind group that have been doing that for a while. And some of them go as far as saying, hey, you can drive my car for free, but it's all wrapped up in their advertising. Huh. So they've gone, they've gone pretty far with it. Uh, hey, so you have a different phone number on each person's car? A different number on each group of four. Each group so, of four, okay. So I take groups. So, so somebody will call in and I'll say, you know, hey, that's awesome. Let's definitely get you signed up. You fit all the criteria. You know, do you know of two or three other people that would want to do this with you? you know, I, I accept groups of four. And I ask that first because you know, I'm trying to get three other people out nice. of one. Mm -hmm. uh, so if we can, if they've got some friends and they want to do it together, I've got some college students that, uh, do that and, you know, we'll just, we'll meet up with them and we'll give them all the stickers. If they say no, then I'll just, you know, put them into a group, um, uh, that needs another person or that needs a couple more people and do that. So that way I don't have to have a different tracking number for every single car. I can divide that number by four. Uh, and each time a deal comes in through that, uh, one of those stickers, uh, the, the whole group gets to split a thousand dollars. Oh, sweet. That's cool. So it increases their, uh, their, their pot, their chances. Exactly. Yeah. Le right? Less, mo less money, but <clears throat> I found out that if I was doing it per car, mm -hmm. uh, the chances were just too, too slim, at least in this market right now, when, when things change and I think they will, um, you know, we're going to see a little bit of a dip. I don't have a crystal ball, but it can't keep climbing like this for too much longer. I hope, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, I, th I think the deals will be more prevalent, but that's, that's one little thing I'm working on. The main thing will so be let me ask you, mail. how long have you been doing that? You got 30 something people. How long did it take you to get that many people? Um, that was like the first month. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, I was kind of scratching my head on why I couldn't get more clients. And then we've been working on the Facebook ad campaign, uh, for a little while, getting that video made. And, um, hopefully in the next week or so that'll get pushed out. I've yet to do a deal from that campaign, mm -hmm. but, um, the phone, I've also yet to, phone ringing at least the phone's ringing. Uh -huh. Um, I'm getting calls from, you know, wholesalers. So I'm adding wholesalers to my list. I'm, uh, you know, getting calls from realtors that are investor related, you know, and I, I'm building a relationship with them. That's another lead, lead gen strategy I'm doing is building a list of an investor savvy, uh, real estate agents within my market. And I'm putting them into a, you know, every two week email blast, mm -hmm. uh, drip, drip campaign with, you know, nothing crazy with like a bunch of information on how the market's doing. And I feel like everybody's doing that. No one reads those emails. They just delete it right when it pops up. But, right. um, I I'm just doing a little short and sweet. Hey, you know, it's Parker and Casey wanted to see if you've seen anything for us lately. Mm -hmm. Again, just a reminder, this is what we're looking for. Um, just a little, a little bug in their ear, so to speak, it's great. uh, every two weeks. So, um, I have done a deal from, uh, a realtor and we usually, you know, have them represent us and then give them the listing on the back end uh, after the rehab. Uh -huh. Sweet. Cool. So that those are um, very creative and uh, outside the box thinking. I love it. Uh, so your what's your favorite exit strategy right now? Buy and hold? Hmm. If you would have asked me two months ago, I mm -hmm. would have said buy and hold. Um, now that we've got this quad – uh, we've kind of, uh, we've exceeded our monthly expenses from the passive income and, you know, we've, we've got enough to kind of play around with as well. So it, that's the coolest thing, Matt, just like flipping houses is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, but flipping houses, knowing you don't have to continue flipping houses to pay the bills is even more awesome. 
So that's the biggest thing for us was passive. And but now that we've done that, so I would have answered, you know, rental properties and mm-hmm. just holding it long term. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're kind of changing it up. I, I, I'm I'm in the process of, you know, having the quad be the last one for a little while, and we want to uh, put some funds together now and kind of break into hard money lending, mm. uh, and, and give that a whirl. There's, you know, I just look at it where it's extremely hard to find. Mm-hmm. good rehab projects right now. I mean, the last four that I've looked at, we've either been bid out on uh, or they just simply don't work with, you know, how high the bid is and what the sellers want. It's just, there's two unrealistic parties and they're just clashing and it's not working for us. So um, I figured if I could just be the lender on these deals that I'm not subject to just the deals working for me. Now I can work with all the other investors who are seeing every deal in my market and I can decide which one I want to lend on. Uh, and really, I mean, with the spreads that I've been hearing from local investors, the hard money lender is making just as much, if not more than the rehabber. Mm-hmm. There's a saying, like when I, I got into the fund world, when we opened up our fund, uh, the guy that kind of mentored me through that whole process and helped me set it up. He says, Matt, at the end of the day, like the real estate market, it comes and goes, but the money is in the money. <laughs> I like that. I've just never, I like that. It's kind of kind of what he meant by what you're just saying right now. It's like, you know, when it's competitive, it's in the money. When it's not competitive, it's in the money. Like the money business never goes away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Super. So you might have answered this already uh, in multiple ways or multiple times during your conversa- our conversation. Um, but uh, what are you noticing in the market and how is it changing the way you do business? Like what are some intentional things you're doing with the no- the changes that you're noticing? Change wise, it's just really tough. Um, I've noticed the amount of people that are trying to get started have increased. Um, you know, when when you say when you ask someone that sparks up a conversation with you, well, you know, how many deals have you done? They say, well, um, there's a lot more people saying I'm looking for my first one still. Right. Um, I don't know if that really means anything or not, um, but. <clears throat> it's just very competitive and mm-hmm. hard to find deals. Um, so we're trying to do some you know, creative things, like I've said, with the the realtors and uh, working with other wholesalers and partnerships and um, kind of shying away from direct mail and working in other strategies. But, uh, man, I mean, it's just persistence, right. like we were talking about earlier. Yep. There's, there's really – there's I don't have any golden ticket. Um, I, I'd love for – my uh, flipping business as far as here locally in Georgia, I'd love to be doing more rehabs and, and higher volume right now, uh, but it's not there. But that doesn't mean that you know I'm backing out. I'm mm-hmm. just going to sit here and keep doing a, a deal here and a deal there, keep the wholesaling going on in Charleston, uh, get these rental properties flowing. And uh, when it starts to pick back up, I'll be here. Right. I'll be ready for it. Totally. I mean, and you, your focus was right. In the beginning, as I would suggest to everybody, you know, you focus on the streams of income first, focus on the piles of income later. And now that you've got the streams of income in place, you can be selective and choose those big pile of uh, money creating deals. Exactly. And I would be so I would be so much more stressed out right now if I didn't, you know, have everything paid for from these rentals. I mean, that's that's just the biggest thing for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it. It really is. I mean, I heard you say in your podcast, flipping houses is a different type of job, but it's still a job if you have to do it to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great at first when I was comparing it to, you know, my nine to five. Uh, but when you compare it to mailbox money, 
I mean, nothing, nope. nothing really beats it. <laughs> There's no comparison, right? Not at all. Sweet. Cool. So, um, let's, uh, what, what, what are you most excited about then about the future of your business? Oh man, I know there's a lot in the future. I really don't even know what it's going to entail because I wouldn't imagine, you know, doing what I'm doing now, two and a half years ago, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, really what I'm excited for is, uh, I guess short term to get into this hard money lending world and, and see how I personally, um, like that in comparison to being, being the flipper, being the rehabber and, and in there managing the contractors and kind of weighing those pros and cons. I like hearing from both sides and it's interesting to see why people like this side better than this side. Uh, and then hearing somebody else say the complete opposite. Right. So I'd like to see how, um, how, how I feel about that. Other than that, um, still trying to get up that, uh, you know, I, in the next, let's see, what is the, the goal on my goal sheet here? Um, a hundred properties by 30. I'm mm -hmm. 26 right now. Uh, so the next four years, I'd like to get to a hundred units. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think once I get to a hundred units, I'm going to kind of take the path, um, disappear that my, that my father, <laughs> no, <laughs> not, not quite disappear, but my father's in commercial. Um, you know, he was in residential all his life as a, he, he uh -huh. was a, a property owner and, and manager of a apartment co couple of apartment complexes. Mm -hmm. uh, oh well, there's the secret, Parker. That's why you're successful. How much did your oh, dad? Yeah. How much did it's your dad all, help you? It's all because of my dad. Every bit of it. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, I, I, it was funny because I would. He was bummed. I would come to him for questions and stuff on rehabbing houses, and he's like, "Listen, I mean, when it comes to managing rental property, I can tell you almost anything you need to know, but I've never flipped a house." Uh, <laughs> and so, so, yeah, I had to. I had to go to. I mean, I just, I followed your advice. I went to my RIA meetings and I went to the guy with the microphone. Mm -hmm. First thing I did, I just asked a bunch of questions and those became my, you know, local coaches and, and that got it done. But, um, but yeah, what I was getting is I'd, I'd like to move kind of every 50 to every hundred units, um, possibly package those deals up and sell them and, uh, 1031 or, uh, whatever I, I can manage into, uh, into commercial, whether that's a triple net lease, um, or industrial or, um, retail. I'm not really sure yet. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's far enough out to where I, I haven't really needed to put a, a whole lot of thought into it. Um, but I've seen him the way it's just bigger numbers. It's the same thing, bigger numbers and less of a headache. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really want to mess around with a hundred different tenants when I could get a similar paycheck, possibly a larger paycheck, depending on the deal. Uh, and I only have, you know, if it's multi uh, tenant, then, you know, maybe five or six tenants to worry about. And they're all larger corporate businesses versus, you know, a bunch of Joe Schmoes um, occupying the home. So that's kind of something that I'd be looking to move into is, is more of the commercial realm. And then also go back and then start with single family again and build up to another 50 to hundred units and do it again and kind of rinse and repeat that process. Right. It's, it's so funny. I'm just hearing you talk right now. And I just think about like, wasn't too long ago when, uh, this type of stuff wasn't even in your mind. Oh no. It's great. No. It's great. It's just, inspiring. Just drink, drinking on the weekdays was the right. only thing I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's why we got along so well in the beginning. 
Um, yeah. Right. But uh, super, dude. If hey, if anybody wants to list, uh, reach out to you, uh, and I can only imagine that they do, uh, what would be the best way for them to do that? Yeah. So uh, they can check out my page on Facebook, company page, uh, Barrington Acquisitions. It's mm-hmm. B as in boy. A-R-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, acquisitions. Um, message me on there um, or find me personally on Facebook, Parker Styles. You can message me. Um, All right. Yeah, really anything. Just reach out. I'm happy to help. If anybody's in my uh, local market, love to go out to lunch with you and see if we can strike some business up. It's a people business. Right. Be careful with that. When I used to advertise in the beginning or promote the, the hot wings and beer with Matt, boy, I got hot winged out. <laughs> so be careful, mix it up careful with the food introductions or the food invitations anyway <laughs> that's parker styles thank you parker it's been an absolute pleasure we will certainly do it again this will not be the last time the best to you and yours say hello to casey and uh we'll see you soon definitely matt i appreciate it thanks for all you do all right you bet dude that's it for today i will see you next week on another exciting episode of epic real estate investing god bless to your success i'm matt terrio living the dream been listening to epic real estate investing the world's foremost authority on separating the facts from the bs in real estate investing education if you enjoyed the show please take a minute to visit itunes and share your thoughts thanks for listening we'll see you next time here at epic real estate investing with matt terrio This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.